What's up? Welcome back to the Kevin Shoots Perspective. UFC 251 Fight Island in the books. Um, it was a great event. I love all the fights were fantastic. Um, some of the results were a little weird. Um, I'll get into that. But otherwise, I thought all five fights were great. Um, most of them, except the first one, was um, very evenly matched. So that was great to watch because, in all honesty, I think all of the fights could have gone either way with just a couple different tweaks. But, um, you know, Fight Island, it, it, it's working. So you got three more events this week. Um, and then, who knows, Dana White might just keep it there if it, if it keeps running smoothly. And then UFC will keep keep making things happen while other sports, you know, are struggling a little bit. So that's great. Um, but, yeah, I might as well just jump right into it. Um, the main event. Very interesting, but as I predicted, Usman dominated for four out of the five rounds. Uh, the first round, Masvidal pretty much just came out really fast, tried to land a bunch of big shots. Um, but even then, even when he was at his peak, Usman was able to take him down. Masvidal did get back up uh, quite fast, but Usman was still able to take him down. So, you know, Usman obviously had the uh, wrestling advantage there. Um, and as the fight progressed, you know, I want to... I want to say that on a six days notice, Masvidal was probably a little more tired than he usually would be, but, um, you know, don't take anything away from Usman, because he had to change his fight style up on six days notice, had to, you know, prepare his body for a completely different fighter, and Masvidal trains all the time, and you heard before the fights, you know, and all the pre-shows and everything that he's been training with Poirier and bringing in all these wrestlers and everything, so he's been training, so he's in shape. So, just because he seemed a little more tired than usual in the later rounds, you know, don't make Usman's win, you know, any less impressive. Um, it was a little boring, though. Kind of John Jones-ish. Uh, Usman just clinched. He had over 10 minutes of clinch control time. So, that's over 10 minutes of 25 minutes where neither fighters were doing anything. Um, so, really, it was like a three-round fight, practically. Because, uh, you know, in the clinch... I don't know if the ref should have separated it, but, you know, they weren't doing too much. Masvidal wasn't taking any damage. Usman tried a couple of the shoulder strikes. He tried to, you know, stomp on Masvidal's feet a little bit. But, you know, nothing was really hurting him. So I don't know if over 10 minutes is a little too long. I remember when Holly Holmes, Holly Holmes' most recent fight um, at the McGregor Cowboy event, uh, Dana White hated how that wasn't split up just because Holly Holmes was clinching the entire time. So I'm actually kind of surprised he didn't say the same thing um, at the press conference this time. But, um, but you know, Usman had to do what he had to do. And he's defeated, you know, now Masvidal, Covington, Woodley, Damian Maya, all these guys. Um, Rafael Dos Anjos. So, I don't know. He receives criticism all the time. I know a lot of his fights earlier in his career, he went to a decision like eight times in a row. But these past five, six fights, the past few years, he's just been dominating. So I don't I don't have any negative things to say about Usman whatsoever. Um, he had a game plan, he stuck to it, and he won. There's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, as for Usman, Gilbert Burns next, 100%. Um, unless, like, McGregor comes out of retirement and then Dana White gets all excited and books that instead. But Gilbert Burns should have the title shot next. And that'll be more interesting, I think. I think that'll be a better fight than this one because... Burns is just exceptional on the ground, and he hits really hard. So it'll see how Usman has to, you know, combat with a dual threat guy like that. Um, as for Masvidal, you know, um, it'd be really exciting him and Colby Covington because they just talk smack 
so those press conferences would be hilarious, and the fight would be really good. Or he just runs it back with Nate Diaz. Either or. I, I think both of those would be very, very exciting fights. So, yeah, for the most part, I thought I thought it went how, you know, how it went. So, um, moving right along, the, the co-main event was very interesting. Um, if you watched the fight, you thought Holloway won. If you went on Twitter and looked at tweets, you thought Holloway won. But somehow, you know, the referees thought Volkanovski won. Um, and I don't agree, don't agree with them, but I can also see where they're coming from, and I'll get into that. Why I don't agree is because Holloway completely controlled the first two rounds. Like, it, you know, looked completely outclassed Volkanovski. He kept his distance very well, jabbed very well, hit big strikes, and he dropped Volkanovski in the first round, dropped him in the second round. He got a head kick, I think, at the end of the first round, uppercut in the second round, I think. Um, so, complete domination there. And in the third round, I, I wrote about this on my article, if, you, if you'd like to read that, but Volkanovski improved from what he did the first and second round. And so, I think that maybe the refs noticed how Holloway's really good the first round, really good the second round, really good the third round, whereas Volkanovski was not, not really in it, not really in it, and then much, much better. So I don't know if they just that just caught their attention more. They started seeing Volkanovski hit a few more shots than usual, and then they just assumed that he had won the round. That's a possibility. And I, I talked about this before with John Jones versus Dominic Reyes. You have to beat the champion, you know, to be the champion. So if the judges don't necessarily think that, you know, Holloway clearly and decisively won three rounds, maybe it's two and a half to two and a half, um, instead of doing a draw, you know, they gave they gave it to Volkanovski. That's also a possibility. So I'm not crazy mad at the judges. I thought Holloway won. Um but I see I see why they could have picked Volkanovski. I see that. Um, fourth and fifth rounds were all him. He started landing more strikes, more leg kicks, and secured, you know, a, a handful of takedowns. So that's that. If one person wins the first and second, the other wins the fourth and fifth, and you leave the third up to the judges, you can't be mad. You cannot be mad what they say because you know they're not good. The Nevada State Athletic Commission has terrible referees. They just do. So you can't you can't leave it up to that. Um, but that's the one fight that absolutely shocked me, though. You know, my, my prediction going in was that Holloway would be less sharp than usual. And then, he you know, he'd be able to pick it up eventually. But he came in sharp as an arrow. Um, and I think, I think it was because he hasn't been sparring that much. He had a lot more energy. And he, I think he just does what he normally did. You know, a couple years ago when he's dominant as a champion, beating Aldo uh, twice and all that, you know, he... He fought amazing back then, and he just did that. He was fluid, um, you know, free motions, and just laid it all out there. So that proved me wrong, you know. But hey, nonetheless, nonetheless, Holloway is a fantastic fighter, probably Hall of Fame fighter. So um, hopefully, he gets another shot. It's weird. It's weird that division, um, and it's hard to give the same two people three fights in a row. I know they're doing it with Cormier and Miocic, but um, we'll see. Dana White might do it because Dana White clearly thought Holloway won. So he might do it to, to give him that. But um, nonetheless, the fight was great. Um, Holloway had, you know, Volkanovski knocked early 
um, had him dropped early. So that was always exciting. That completely threw me off guard. So, um, and it was cool to see. It was cool to see Volkanovski climb back. He's a very funny, respectable guy. So, all right. Um, the first title fight of the night, Peter Jan versus Jose Aldo. Um, pretty much, I just think that's a matter of age. Um, Jan is 20, is mid to upper 20s. Um, his age, I don't know exactly. You know, Aldo's into his 30s. I think if Aldo, you know, at where Aldo was six years ago, um, you know, smokes the Jan that I saw yesterday. But because obviously that's not possible, um, Aldo's, you know, the age that he is, he's fought the fights that he's fought. Um, he's just not as sharp. He's just not, you know, he's one of the best in the world for sure at 135. Top 10 for sure. But, you know, he, he's just not at that top level right now. Um, Jan did a great job in the first in the first round, putting Aldo on his back and landing a, 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 that beautiful body shot that literally could have ended the fight. Um, if Jan just you know, threw more punches at Aldo, I think, um, I think it could have been stopped by regular referee. Let me tell you, that stoppage was terrible in the fifth round. When, when Aldo is on his hands and knees or on his elbows and knees, covering his ears with his head and he just gets hit for 45 seconds straight. I mean, come on, the ref's supposed to stop that after, you know, a little less than 10 seconds. They're supposed to stop it because that gives the indication that I'm defenseless right now. I don't have any offensive moves that I can do, but I'm not, you know, getting submitted, so I'm not tapping out. That's all that move does. That's what it's supposed to say. Um, and the referee just didn't tag along with that. And I understand giving the other fighters, like, you know, a chance to come back. Aldo wasn't even moving. He wasn't trying to sprawl. He wasn't trying to get into any half guard, full guard, nothing like that. He was just, sit, you know, sitting there taking shots at the head. So... That ref, if it was under Dana White's conditions, would have been fired immediately. But since it's, you know, Nevada and all that, um, I don't know. He's going to get sent back to um, refing prelim fights. I know that for sure. Dana White's not putting him on any of those. So, but great performance by Jan. Um, he'll probably fight Aljamain Sterling or Marlon Marais next. It'd be interesting um, to see Sterling, though, because that's two completely different people. Jan's very athletic and has good, um, you know, he had great takedowns against Aldo, but Sterling's um, grappling is superior for sure. So that would be a very, very interesting fight to see. So that would be exciting. And then the winner of that um, would fight Moraes. So great fights in the future for for the um, Bantamweight division, 100%. Um, next fight, Rose. Man, I love her. She's just too good, too good. Um, and you know, this win sets her up perfectly for a fight against Whaley, which should be an unbelievable fight. Just think about it. You know, you want to win five rounds in a, in a dog fight against, uh, against Whaley, right? Rose smoked Yoana the first time and then beat her up for five rounds the second time. Um, and Rose is going to have a big size advantage. Yoana had a big size advantage. That means Rose is going to have a huge size advantage. And she's going to have the longer reach. She'll be able to, able to get her jabs in well. Her straights, which are gorgeous and powerful too, those are going to work well. So that fight is what I'm looking forward to. That's going to be probably one of the best female fights in history in a prediction. Um, 
So, man, I can't wait to see that. But, yeah, the fight last night, Andrade did all right. Um, in the first two rounds, I thought she was getting outclassed um, on the feet. Uh, her corner after the first round didn't seem to want to make too many adjustments. And then after the second round, they were just like, hey, you're down too. You have to go knock her out. So, I don't know about that. But, you know, Andrade put the pressure on in the third. Cut Rose's left eye. Gave her a mouse under the eye and cut her nose. So, you know, she did damage. She hits hard. But, you know, Rose was just better. Um, she's she's one of the best female fighters in the world, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much all it is on that. Andrade, we'll see. I think her against Ioana would be awesome. And then I think Rose versus Whaley would be awesome. So, can't can't wait for those fights in the future. But, yeah, there's there's nothing really to break down with that, that fight anymore. Because Rose, her movement is too good. It was better than Andrade's. They didn't do anything on the ground, so there's nothing there, you know. Um, but yeah, Rose Rose applied constant pressure, hit great shots in the first and second round. And then, you know, Andrade was just trying to play catch-up. But Rose is just, you know, too smart, too technical for that. And then, the first fight of the evening. Um, I will quote myself from my last podcast when I said... Uh, Amanda Ribas will uh, smoke, I think I said, Paige Van Zandt, and that's exactly what happened. Um, it was not close. Uh, Ribas was the, you know, the betting favorite in Vegas, and uh, that showed. <laughs> she was much better. And, uh, you know, Paige walking out, she didn't seem, you know, I was trying to read their faces, and you got Paige who just seems like, yes, yeah, you know, I'm in here like usual, this is just another thing. And then Rebus looked like she was going to go kill her um, because she wants to get to the top. You know what I mean? And that, that's two whole different demeanors. And then when the fight started, Rebus went right at her. They exchanged some punches. Then Paige, for some reason, attempted to, you know, she went into clinch with Rebus, which would have been the last thing I would try to do. Um, Amanda did a great job. She wrapped her right leg around uh, Paige's left leg. Flipped her onto her back, and, and that was the end from there. Um, had her in side control for like 30 seconds. Uh, Paige tried to flip her onto her back, and and then, boom, armbar uh, for Reba. So um, I'm excited to see her. Uh, Carla Esparza has a fight. Um, she just had her most recent fight was against Michelle Waterson, which I said was one of the most boring fights I had ever seen in my life. Um, but Esparza, remember, is a former champion. She's good on the ground. Uh, so I'd love to see Rebus against her. That, that would be a very fun fight for me to see. As for Paige, you know, she's, a, I think she's out of the UFC. You know, ESPN, you know, they posed this question, um, on their website earlier. It was, uh, you know, if Paige leaves the UFC, what's her legacy like? Um, and where do you expect her to go? Guys, she's eight and five. That's not a legacy in my opinion. I'm sorry. Um, eight and five is not a legacy. Khabib is 28-0. That's a legacy. John Jones has won 12... I, I don't know the exact numbers. Plenty of fights as a champion. That's a legacy. You know what I mean? So Paige, that's that's no legacy. She's a great fighter. She can go to Bellator or something and, and, and probably perform very well. But Dana White said it in the press conference. You know, she's 8-5. Um, she's lost a lot recently. She's gone through plenty of surgeries. She fights on average, less than once a year, and then she's complaining about not getting paid enough. 
you know, that's not the type of person that you want in your in your promotion, especially if um, you know, you got enough. Dana White's got enough things going on right now. I'm sure you know he can't be making as much money as as usual, right? So just to to all of these people, John Jones, Jorge, all these people that are saying they'll leave the promotion if they don't get paid more. You have them, and then you have her, you know, also complaining. So it's really, it's really, it's a, it's a difficult situation. Um, but it doesn't seem like Dana White has the best relationship with um, Paige. So I don't know. Um, but, you know, hopefully she goes somewhere else and gets paid a bunch because she is a fan favorite. Um, I have no disrespect towards her. But, uh, you know, if you're if you're mad at Dana White, but, you know, you're not putting up the numbers, if, if she if she's... 13 and 0 instead of 8 and 5 and and beating everybody up and isn't getting paid enough she should get paid much more you know that that's how that should work um but you know um you know it was great to watch some of her fights you know her, her against um Watterson a long time ago you know that was a good fight they, she had she's had good fights in the UFC um and a lot of those other organizations are getting much popular so I think she shouldn't have any issue going to another organization getting paid more than she, she has here. And um, if Dana White's not, you know, a big fan of her, maybe the other promotions are and she'll just be treated better anyways. And that, you know, that'd be the best for everybody. So, uh, you know, so that, that's, all my, that's all my thoughts on all the fights. Um, I have a little more breakdown, you know, a little more technical breakdown in the, in the article if you want to check that out on, uh, on my website. But, uh. Yeah. Oh, and there, uh, just a couple quick funny things that I saw on um, on Twitter. Uh, Henry Cejudo went after uh, Jan, um, which I thought was kind of funny, um, because Cejudo, for being retired, has a lot to say. And uh, I'll quote him real quick. Cejudo said, "Congrats, precious Pewter Jan, but you absolutely suck. You'd be lucky to make it past two rounds with Triple C. You ugly potato." That's what Cejudo said. So that's kind of hilarious. I think Cejudo could definitely come back and beat Jan. Um, his wrestling is too good. He's stronger. I think that would be a great fight, but I think Cejudo would win that fight. Um, but man, he is cringy. That is funny. So, um, and there was one more. There's one more tweet that I saw. Ah. Uh, might not, I might not be able to find it, but, you know, yeah, so, there's a lot of crazy things that could happen, um, in the UFC coming up, and then later this week, um, Wednesday, you got, um, Calvin Cater versus Dan Iggy, great fight, can't wait to watch that fight, Calvin is one of my favorites, um, I'm a Massachusetts guy, so gotta love him for that, um, that should be a great fight, I think I have Cater in that one. I know I normally only do these podcasts and all my articles and stuff when it's a bunch of pay-per-view events going on, but um, just I've catered in this fight. Not to toot my own horn here, but the last two events I've given out all of my predictions, both of them I've gotten all five fighters correct, so that's ten in a row, and then three out of the five by the method and or round that I predicted. So uh, if you're if you're betting in Vegas... I, you know, I'd listen to these, just saying. <laughs> but, um, I'll, I'm going to make some more articles, or not make, I'm going to write some up, um, in the next few weeks, if I, if there's anything interesting. Otherwise, August 15th, UFC 252, Steve Miocic versus Daniel Cormier 3. That'll be insane. 
super excited for that. And I think I think they just put Sean O'Malley as the as the pay per view opener on that event. So that'll be crazy. Uh, can't wait for that. But um, if you watched the event last night, hope you enjoyed it. Um, keep checking back in if I ever have um, you know, new information. I'm trying to trying to you know. Make the make the the articles the uh, you know most descriptive I can so so people can learn and try to love love the sport more you know so like I've done over the past few years so but anyways thanks for listening see you guys later.